Good morning, Jerry Agar in for John Moore again today. Thanks for being along. Joining me, the host of Taking Stock with Amanda Lang on BNM Bloomberg, which airs tonight at 6 on BNN Bloomberg, and then an encore presentation on News Talk 1010. Amanda Lang, good morning. Good morning, Jerry. I referenced this as something we we're going to talk about, so let's jump to this one first. Homes are selling. You know, we would have thought a while ago we might not be reading a headline like this. Homes are selling below asking prices all over Toronto and the suburbs. Yeah, and we've known, of course, that the volume of sales has been falling for a while, but the sales price itself, it has come down, but not as steeply as the, the volume, which suggested for a long time buyers were just sitting on the sidelines, or rather sellers, saying, I'm not, I don't want to sell my, my home below what I think it's worth. This is an important shift because it, it suggests that you're starting to see a little bit of um, of them giving up that notion that they're going to get what they might have gotten a year ago. So you are seeing uh, it's actually 31 cities analyzed um, and properties selling uh, under ask in 24 of them. In the city of Toronto, it's two and a half percent below the average list price. So it's not a massive haircut, Jerry, but it's this sign that people are getting a little more realistic about where we are in this market. Well, it's not a collapse, at least. No, it's not a collapse. And the thing to, we, I mean, we, we always do remember this, that prices ran up so materially during pandemic, right? The, that average price was up 50%. So even though we might have a 20 plus percent pullback, the math is not hard. We are not at pre-pandemic levels. You are still above where you were in 2019 in, in, for most for most people. And now we should, we always have to note, not all markets ran up that way. Some pockets of the country didn't at all. Uh, and some have fallen further than others, for sure. But none of them have retraced to 2019. So you're still better off than you were. But I've talked to people over the years with the prices going the way that they are going. And I'll say to somebody, wow, that's a lot of money that you're going to put in that house. Yeah, but they always go up. And I say, you know, you have bubble bursts and things. Nope, that'll never happen in Toronto. I've heard that over and over and over. Yeah, there is such a vested interest in that narrative, Jerry, that it will, uh, unfortunately, we're going to keep hearing that. And there is a bit of a support for the argument on the supply and demand side of the equation. If you're going to welcome half a million new Canadians every year, then you're going to have demand for housing. And so there is this sort of suggestion that we will always see prices go up. The thing people need to remember is that when they correct, they can correct for years and we can get offside, right? It might not be our timing, you know, for sure your price will eventually rise but if you need to sell it because you're retiring and you don't catch the market at the right time that's pretty painful stuff so they do correct it can take a long time to come back like 12 years to come back so people should treat their homes as a place to live in my view don't treat it as the big investment in your life go do your investment somewhere else the stock market bonds wherever you want to do it whatever your risk appetite is your house should be the place you want to live that keeps your money safe bitcoin Never Bitcoin. Okay. Not now, not tomorrow, not ever. <laughs> Amanda Lang is with me. Well, then we easily transition to there have never been so many renters in Canada. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the data here, RBC pulled this together. So we go back to the immigrants, okay, for sure. People who arrive here for, for the first time, they're going to rent. So that's always been true. That's going to be a growing number. Two things really jumped out at me, and one is millennials are renting for longer Terrible. We know this story. They know this story. It's hard to buy a house. But here's this one. Baby boomers are the fastest growing category of renters. So take that as you will. This 
slightly older group of, the, of our population is choosing to rent in a new way. And I think that's really interesting. Maybe they're taking advantage of the strong housing market and cashing out of their homes and renting. Not exactly sure what's going on there, but that's a really interesting one. Yeah. And I, I guess this is not surprising. People are struggling with the grocery prices, gas prices, although that's, those have come down. We'll see. Hopefully they'll stay there. Uh, but Dollarama sees another strong quarter. That just makes sense to me. Yeah, Dollarama, one of the value kind of propositions that are just jumping up uh, during this period, they saw an 11.4% increase, um, sorry, that's food prices, 10 plus percent increase in their in their store sales, which is way above what they expected. Dollarama, of course, like most dollar stores, it's not just dollar dollar price goods anymore. It was once. Uh, now things are 250 maybe up to $5.00. But they do offer a, a proposition to people that you will get a deal and people are turning to it. So the question for a store like Dollarama and others like it, and Walmart would fall, parts of Walmart would fall into this category, is can you hang on to those shoppers um, as things get good again or will they associate you with tough times? You don't want that. You want to keep your shoppers happy and coming back once things get a little bit easier. Sure. But it's interesting, Amanda, that you said, well, it's not just a dollar now. You know, we used to have a five and dime. Yeah, exactly. Well, Maybe you used to. I don't know. <laughs> okay, Amanda. <laughs> I just, I. But yes, yeah. I've read about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was it was Woolworths or something. It was called. No, that's right. That's yeah. right. No, inflation comes to to everything. So they, you know, we might need to rename the dollar store at some point. We won't be too hard on them for not charging a dollar. Yeah. Well, let me tell you about some other stuff I remember, little Missy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you want to characterize it, what is this story about? All coroner's jury recommendations in 2014 trench collapse rejected by the labor ministry. So this is a story we're hitting on taking stock, um, and that's partly because we covered the story a few months back, that terrible story of two workers in Ajax who died in a trench collapse. And we don't know yet what happened, and it turns out it takes a long time, right? So then we get this coroner's inquest into the death of a worker in the trench collapse from 2014. That's how long it takes to find out what happened. And this inquest makes 10 recommendations that would improve safety and presumably save other lives and reduce risk, and the Ministry of Labor rejects all 10 of them. So we wanted to cover it because we were just kind of asking the question, why does it have to take so long, first of all? And are workers safe enough? This is People shouldn't die at work, right? That's the bottom line. Yeah. And when a tragedy happens, if there's any kind of solace for the family, it's going to be that some good comes out of it, that some learning comes out of it and somebody else is saved. And so this we wanted to dig into. Now, the Ministry of Labor says, We've already done it all, so we don't need to do it. It was a bad PR day because if that's true, they should have just accepted the 10 things uh, you know, not, and not had to do anything. But the labor groups are up in arms because it's not the kind of reaction you want when worker safety um, is on the table. And unfortunately, Jerry, people are less trained. And nobody's saying this is the connection to what happened a few months back. But we know job scarcity means people with less training and experience get put into roles. Uh, and, and the question we have to ask collectively is, are we protecting workers enough right now when there aren't enough of them? Okay, but what you're looking at here, Amanda, is all coroner's jury recommendations from a 2014 trench collapse were rejected by the labor ministry. I want some yep. recommendations on how we could get a little bit of a hurry up on, I mean, they needed seven years, eight years to figure this out. 
Oh, I'm with you. The, the delay in this is criminal. It's awful and terrible. And let's even give them a, the break of, say, two years for pandemic. It's still too long to wait. Just imagine being the family and trying to wait for answers or the company who has to, just, you know, learn, you know, what kind of fate you're going to face. Among the things that they're, rec- they're recommending, by the way, are super, super sensible things like more uh, surprise uh, inspections, higher penalties for repeat offenders. Right. You hurt your workers more than once. You're going to pay a higher price for it. Um, and things like proper training for workers, real, really um, oversight on how the training works. Because right now it's this kind of online web-based training where you can kind of click your way along and who knows what you're learning. There's a bunch of stuff that is just very sensible. It shouldn't take that long and companies should rush to implement it, even if the Ministry of Labor doesn't, in my view, because this stuff will protect your workers. Yeah, I've done some of those kinds of things and I, I don't work in that kind of an area, but I always finish it and go, I didn't learn anything. You just click your way along, right? Yeah, you just got to yeah. get through it because your boss told you you had to do it. Yeah, that that's it's a make-work project, it feels like. I hope yeah, management exactly. is listening. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they're, they're really important, those things we click our way through. But anyway, yeah. we do click our way through them. If you're not actually forced to absorb it and you're busy, you will try to get through it as quickly as possible. Human yep. nature. Amanda Lang is the host of Taking Stock with Amanda Lang on BNN Bloomberg. It airs tonight at 6 on BNN Bloomberg and then an encore presentation on Talk 1010. Good to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Jerry.